Next Chapter Podcasts. If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. The 500. The 500. J.A.M. been walking us down through that 2012 edition, so it ain't nothing to Talking the 500 until the end Talking the 500 until the end With my man J.M. On the 500 Talking the 500 until the end But I don't Need no friend As long as I gaze on that was Waterloo Sunset by the Kings from their 1967 record, Something Else by the Kings. It's also number 289 out of 500 on the only podcast where a comic that doesn't know much about music goes to Rolling Stone Magazine's list of the 500 greatest albums with people that do the 500 with Josh Adam Myers. What's up, everybody? How is everybody feeling right now, man? Uh, so much is going on in the world. I just went to go see The Smile at in Brooklyn at the King's Theater. That's Radiohead's like side project. And uh, dude, Tom York is one squiggly dancer. But if you haven't checked out the record, give it a listen. It's incredible. Uh, I am on the road. Always, it feels like. I will be at the Comedy Cellar in Las Vegas, uh, November 28th through December 4th at the Rio Hotel. December 9th through the 10th, I will be at the Comedy Connection in Rhode Island. December 11th, I will be at the Stone Church in Vermont for one night only. I will be at the MGM Springfield in Massachusetts, December 16th and the 17th. And then I'll be back in L.A. again at some point doing a shimmy. I think that's going to be December 26th, maybe. Uh, It's going to be a tough one. Uh, I'll have the date on that. But uh, Plano, Texas, I'm closing out the year at uh, the House of Comedy. uh, It's right outside of Dallas, uh, December 29th through the 31st. Come out. We'll have a good time. All tickets are at joshadammyers.com. And follow me on social media at joshadammyers. I post clips daily. Some are good. Some are just 
filler because I just need to post a clip daily to futz with the algorithm. Um, but also follow the 500 on social media at the 500 podcast. I'm Josh Adam Myers at Josh Adam Myers, but follow the 500. We need to, uh, our numbers have dipped. So I've been told. So tell everybody because daddy needs to keep buying lack of food uh, that is raw. And that shit's expensive. Uh, one of those ways to support the show is to join the Patreon. Um, not only do you get merch, not only do you get the episode a little bit early, uh, you also get to ask questions to the guests. And it's all on the Patreon for $5 or more a month. Uh, we appreciate it. So uh, be a part of the Fleece Army. Support the show. There's a lot of great people that work on it, and uh, we need your money. So patreon.com backslash the 500 podcast. And listen, if you pay $5 or more a month, you can shit on this show all you want. If you don't and you're going on Apple or, or Spotify and doing that and be like, he, this host doesn't know anything, I doubt you're paying for it. And the fact that you can write something like that, you took time out of your life to shit on me and the show is just, damn, dude, you got fucking nothing going on. I wish I had that level of nothing going on to write a bad review for something. Um, but I know it's not my Patreon people. Patreon.com backslash the 500 podcast. Uh, alrighty. Why talk about the kinks right now when I can just have one of the guys from the kinks explain everything the one the only mr dave davies who is the lead guitarist and backing vo vocalist of the kinks uh he's got a new book out called living on a thin line published by headline books available in hardback which you can be ordered on amazon also there's a kinks box s box x muswell hillbillies everybody's in show business out now and on record store day this year november 25th dave has two colored vinyl releases coming out the single he wrote with jerry goffin in the 90s called 21st Century and a re-release of his acclaimed album Fractured Minds. All right. Review, rate, only good. Uh, the 500. Help us out, guys. Give us that five-star rating. Follow me at Josh Adam Myers on all social media. Go to joshadammyers.com for tickets. Email the podcast at 500podcast at gmail.com. Follow the Facebook group. And for all things 500, go to the website, the500podcast.com. A kink talking kinks, y'all, at 289. Something else by the kinks. Hello. Hello. Josh, how are you? I'm good. How are you, man? I'm fine. Oh, my teeth. Sorry. No, no, quite all right. Where are you right now? In um, New Jersey, near New York. Really? Yeah. I'm going back to UK in a few weeks. I had no idea you were that you were. I'm in I'm in Manhattan right now. I had no idea. I didn't think that was going to be the place that you said you were going to be. No, I think I, 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 <laughs> that's the thing about Zoom. You can be anywhere, really. No, I know. I know. I was in LA for 14 years, and then I move out here, and and now I just I feel like it's all I do is travel, and and never even get a I, chance to be here in Manhattan. That's weird, though. Are you are are you guys are you touring right now? Are you still are you no, still out I'm, on the road? I'm meeting up with people and trying to plan and get some things together for next year and the, the upcoming kinks releases and. So on, so my own releases, a lot, a lot of stuff. 
No, no, no. Dude, you know what? Before I even get into this, and I know we only have a little bit of time with you, I'm just trying to pull the guy's number up because I have to give a friend of ours a shout out. Let me just get his name. Oh my god. His do you know do you know David Jenkins? Yeah. Yeah. So I am a very new Kinks fan. Okay, and I, this made me very nervous because I, every time we talk to somebody that's worked on the record, sometimes it works in my favor. Sometimes we're doing Kim Thale from Soundgarden, and I know everything about Soundgarden, so I don't need to look at his script. And and so I reached out to our old writer Morty, and he was like, "I got a guy. He knows him. He's worked with him." And so I sat down and I talked to David Jenkins for about an hour the other night. And, oh, and he and he gave me like the scoop a little bit of like some direction of 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 just things to ask you. And, he, and the thing he kept saying is he's the coolest guy. I, you got- well, I haven't seen David for 20 years. No. Like, that's what I, but no, I know that. But still, he's 20 years ago. He was like, how did you? Wait, so, so you were were you in a band with him? Like, are you guys were jamming together? I was living in L.A. at the time. All those years ago. And I decided to to do some solo shows and um, I messed around with some friends and these players just came to me really and we jammed a bit and David was one one of them David Jacobs was a and we just went on from there did a few tours right it's a good day just a just a good dude, and he, I mean, knows your music, knows the Kinks music, because, you know, for yeah. me, for me, it's like the Kinks were always a band, and I know we only have an hour, so I feel like we got to jump into it because I got fans that are like, get to the record, please. There's, <laughs> there's, I've all like I when you talk about the Kinks to me, it's always just been the hits. I know all the hits. I I actually got into an argument with Mark Marin. Um, talk defending why I love Lola so much. Uh, I just think it's just such a fun song. And he was like, "Are you kidding me?" And he started sending me some of your deeper tracks that are. I mean, just I could go through them. I, I listen to them uh, in my phone. The ones that he sent me, but he just overloaded me with some great music from you guys. Uh, and one of them actually was the final song on this record, Waterloo uh, Sunset. If I did get that right. Which is just great. And I mean, but he, he was like, he was hitting me up with last of the steam and picture book and a well-respected man and milk cow blues. The one that, the one that I really dug that I'm just like obsessed with is jukebox, jukebox music. It's just Uh, so just, you guys just rock, man. And, and so I sit down, I'm getting ready to do this podcast. Uh, we, so of course we have a, a few of your records that are on this list, but today we're talking uh, about something else by the Kinks. So, yeah. be, uh, so how when I when I say that name to you, something else by the Kinks, what's the first words that that come to your mind when about when I a long time ago? <laughs> I can't remember sixty six. Something like that, quite a while back, right at the beginning, not quite. You, it says he recorded it January through July 1967, and it was released on um, September 15th, 1967. Oh, about that, about right, kind of right, yeah. Yeah. 
So what what was going on with the band uh, before you started working on this record? So before this, you had Face to Face. Where was the band at before you guys sat down to start working on something else? Oh, yeah, it's a long time ago. But, I mean, we were continuously touring, trying to get uh, exposure from... We toured everywhere. We went to America for a bit, and that didn't work out too good. But we um, we were touring, trying to break, break through a really... Vibrant music business at the time. Some great bands and great acts on going. Busy time, but something else was an interesting album. It was a lot of fun, yeah. Okay. And so, and so you sit down, you were touring. If, I, if I'm not mistaken, you had more time to work on this record, right? Like there was something that happened. Was this before or after you were banned, or am I right or am I wrong? No, we were banned in on the '65 US tour, and uh, just some weird. I don't. We we didn't understand the workings and the unions and the promoters, and uh, it just just went bad, and we were banned three years. We came back to UK and we, um, what were we going to do? So we write, started to write some music based on England, which seemed to make sense, uh, and called the Village Green Preservation Society. And I think it was a wonderful record. And, yeah. Uh, my cat. So, so when you were getting when you were getting this little hiatus from touring, ah. um, we'll call it. Oh, it's a cat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when you were getting this little touring uh, hiatus, um, was that frustrating to watch people like the Beatles and the Stones get insanely popular in the United States? Well, yeah, they- it was. Yeah, and it was height of Woodstock as well. And um, it was a very difficult time for us. Yeah. But we had to move on, and Ray was writing some great tunes, songs, and writing some great work. So we decided to record the Village Green album at that time, which we thought was wonderful. But I think the world thought we were going nuts. Yeah, I missed... We missed all the shenanigans of Woodstock and yeah, and an amazing time, but we weren't part of it. So we had, we had kind of a not a hiatus, rather a strange couple of years. We're trying to get back into the swing of things in America, but. Yeah, things always work out somehow. Of course. What like how long how long was the hiatus? Well, I technically I don't know. It's probably three or four years. And, that- and then when we did go back, we had an album called Arthur and it was starting to pick up and being promoted and um 
it started to do quite well. And we went back to touring in America. Yeah. And um, so we had to kind of build bridges and, and to kind of, in a way, start over again. But we were lucky to have a really good backbone of the Pink's fans at the time that really helped. Yeah. Full support of, so we... Yeah, you powered through. Yeah, you, you muscled yeah. through. Yeah, I do. I mean, but did you find that time that you were you were stuck from not touring? I mean, I feel like a lot of great music came from that. You know, it, it was somebody. Sure. I was I was talking to David about it, and he he told me. Um, let me see if I can find it. He was talking about like so. You're sitting down to make this record. You're not able to tour, uh, and you were able to spend more time on this record. Is that right? I guess, yeah, yeah, loosely. And um, we're very proud, proud of it. And it didn't do very well at the time. And what did what we were doing, this um, kind of a weird kind of concept album. But, um, but it, it, you know, over the years, it served us well with the songs and the tracks. I mean, let me, I'm not going to lie to you, David. This is like, this is the first full Kings record I've listened to all the way through. And I put this on actually on a ride through New Jersey. Uh, I, was, I, was, I don't know why you have to go to New Jersey sometimes, but I did that day. I think I had a show and I put it on as, as, as I was driving at night. And I mean, right from the beginning of it, uh, it just caught me. And there, I mean, there was so much stuff that stuck out, you know, like, like death of a clown, which, you know, which I started reading about. Um, well, some, something else, right? Pardon? Uh, something else, the album. Oh yeah, we're doing something else. Yeah. Yeah. So, right. so I'm listening. So I'm listening to Death of a Clown. I started talking to David about it, and, and he said, "This is you wrote Death of a Clown, right? If I'm not mistaken." Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so like, I, I have to know this because this is this is lyrically. Uh, you know, before that, you're you're about 20 years old and you're partying, and this song is about the death of all of that. Um, like to be 20 years old and realizing, you know, yeah. you got, you got to give that up. Like, how did you have? Like, it wasn't, how did, good. No, it was more like I done lots of partying, hanging around, and is I reflected on the fact. So, uh, you know, what the hell am I doing? Why am I doing this? It seemed like I got to a, a point where um, I was becoming a little bit fed, not fed up, but confused about what I was doing and where I was going. And uh, and that's the birth of Death of a Clown came up during that soul yeah. searching, I feel like. And this this little this little guitar riff came through, and we built Death of a Clown based on this little funny little Stoker's melody, really. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
Store your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. So there wasn't, there, so you're saying there wasn't like, it wasn't an incident. It was just, it was just you, you just were able to have that kind of conscious moment and be like, wow. Yeah. It's like, it's what really impressive. Yeah, what am I doing? Clubbing. Oh, it's fun. To, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hang, well, hang, out, hanging out. And, <laughs> um, but, you know, even great, good things can go a bit sour. A hundred percent. Was was the band partying hard at that time? I mean, were you got you guys are all young, uh, I'm assuming. Yeah. And you're... yeah, we were not as much as I was. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it was there, of course, you know, at that time of like newness and trying out new ideas and and um I was becoming a bit disillusioned in my own life. So I started to write about it and that's what happened. And Death of the Cloud became a a big worldwide hit. Yeah. And what's cool about that song, and I think most of the record is is that I went back and I listened to some of the albums before this, and you know the sound of something else is uh, I mean, I hate to be such a bland word, but it's just so different from the previous records. Um, you know, and a lot of it has to do, I think, with your guitar. I mean, you've uh, it was this is like the birth of almost distortion uh in guitar and it's it's like how did like when you sat down to make this record were these holdover songs from uh previous albums because i saw that and we and there's so much i, mean, I have so much different stuff i want to talk about but it's like you know did, did you did you come into this record with uh, a process in mind of what you wanted to do or did you have a couple of songs that were held over from a previous record or was everything just fresh original we're doing it together right now yeah i think it's very much um the fact that the record company wanted us to make another record and we went in Ray had some some great ideas for tune songs we just went in the studio put, put these ideas together and it just happened by itself it happened on on its own so that was really all. We just thought we were making another record, and then the process kicked in. So, mm. yeah. hold on. Great days, though. Huh? Great days, lovely days. Oh yeah. Um. So this was a record. Let me see if I can pull this up. Uh. So this was a record. Your previous records, I'm sorry, were produced mostly by Shell. Oh, and the only and the only record, sure. Okay. And we we had it. I mean, I, I saw Shell only a couple of years ago in LA, and uh, it's lovely to see him. And, um, uh, I was playing the Roxy. On sunset. Great, great venue. I've played that many, many times. I love it. 
I love the Roxy. And then and then when you're done, you go over to the Rainbow. And, and, yeah, you go over to the Rainbow. And I mean, a few years ago, Lemmy would be there playing Kino. Pumping up in the restaurant. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's, like, it's, like, it's like a place that doesn't feel like it should be selling Italian food, but for some reason it is. And you're like, I don't think anybody Italian is even in this establishment, not even the customers. I've only ever been there to drink. I wouldn't even know what... <laughs> It's part of LA history, isn't it? Yeah, so, I love so, it. We would play we would play we would play uh we would do a show there and then there's this really famous shot in the green room of Bob Marley uh talking to John Lennon in the green room Whoa. of the Roxy and then you'd be, you'd look at the picture on the wall and then you'd be standing in the exact spot that they were talking and you're just like, Man, that's so cool. That is cool. Yeah, it's, I'm very fond of the strip and Hollywood and that time. I'm very fond of it. I lived there for a while in, in the hills. And excuse my cat. No, the, the cats. Please keep the cat in. It's awesome. I love cats. It's also I love the way you have the camera set up and the cat. It's like it just looks like this blurry gray mob, and then it just comes up. You're like, oh, it's a cat. <laughs> um. You know, why did, if, if you love L.A. so much, I mean, like, why? Like, how did you somehow end up in New Jersey? You know, what part of New Jersey are you in? No, um, off the record, I'm in New Jersey. But no, I, I met this beautiful girl, and um, I'm with Rebecca, and we we spend a lot of time in New Jersey. And uh, But because of the weird COVID thing over the last few years yeah um we've been trying to go backwards and forwards with great difficulty sure know? sure but but hopefully traveling's going to be a lot easier now because it's all about i've ever done is travel think you saw i'm going roads like mm. hotel rooms mm. different say i mean you know you know totally. how it works all right, let's talk about let's talk about some of the writing process for this record. Um, you know, when we had mentioned, it says Ray took over producing for the record, um, or was it Shell? Because it says it's well, listed no, as and kind of Shell kind of phased out, but it was fine. We've always been really good pals with Shell, and um, but Ray was kind of taking over the creative creative process. In the studio, so things were changing slightly in different way. And the sound, like you said, sounds of the record. Yeah. Changed. Did and did so, you? So you're saying so Ray took over most of the production, but when we come to the tracks, did you get more of a say in your tracks? Because you have, if I'm not mistaken, you have three songs and like three vocals yeah, on I this. Can't, I can't remember exactly, but yeah, there was. There was Clown and two other songs. I can't remember them. We got, we got, we got this here. I got it right here. You got Death of a Clown, uh, Love Me Till the Sun Shines, oh, yeah, right. and Funny yeah. Face. Yes. I, I got all the notes, song. dude. I got, I'm inside your head right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually the cat. <laughs> yeah. Phenomenal cat. <laughs> 
So I mean, you have you have three songs on this. Um, yeah. Like you know, like how how was the writing process? Was there was there a lot of arguments? Was it was it smooth? Like I I know, I know the relationship with you and your brother is you know I don't know the full history of it, but I can mm-hmm. only imagine what it's like being in a band with someone that you know so well. You know, you know, would you? Well, I'll get to that question because I, I, I want to get to that later. Let's talk about the writing process. Like, get like, what was that like? What was that like when you guys were working together? Well, I, I stopped writing. <laughs> but, um, well, no, actually, it went quite well because everybody was in a hurry and everybody was in a rush to get things done. And it kind of did flow quite easily. For us, and um, and it was you know it's one of my favorite early of the early records. Something else, you know, I had more involvement in the, in the writing process, but yeah. But there was a, a, a generally a, a time of growth for for the king. Experimentation. Yeah, what I was gonna say is people people say that because you weren't allowed back into the United States to tour, you wrote and made some of your best records during that time. Yeah, I, in a way, sometimes that happens when you kind of get back against the wall a bit. You yeah, you a different uh, time reference or. Time frame, really. Yeah. So it was, but I was quite happy to be back in England that time when we were banned. And I think we did some great music. Great music. But obviously, it was so great to get back into New York and touring again. And um, we had to really virtually start all over again. But we had a good, good fan, yeah, good fan base. Solid fit, yeah, but still, it's like you lose all those years and you're not able to go Um, out and see everybody. And, you know, at the time, that's when, you know, music is is taking such a different turn and the world is changing and people are changing. I mean, Vietnam was on the horizon. (laughs) Stop it. What's the cat's name? Christy. Christy. Stop it. (laughs) He, he bites hard when he hears his name. <laughs> no, he's, he's a oh, he's a f- feral cat. He's very sweet. Um, what we're we talking about? Right. We're, to- we're talking about making being not not being on tour, making this record, spending more time. You know, are you? Let me ask you this because we so we can we have some other stuff to talk about too. But to put a button on this. Are you proud of the music that you made? Like, do you think this is your best work when you guys were doing, when you guys weren't allowed to tour? Do you think that, you know, I know people say that, but do you think that? You know, you you just kind of do what you're doing. I think you you get, you know, I tend to not get too bogged down in the emotion of it. Well, that's a roller coaster, really. Yeah. The music business is such an up, down, you know, crazy. You know that. But um, but I thought we did some... I love all of our work, and that sounds a bit obvious, but um, 
I think one of the different areas and times of the kinks have all been really rewarding. When you look back, they've all been so rewarding for their own special reason. Yeah. And of course, touring is so important to bands, all bands. Yeah. When they can't, or from the 60s or from what. Yeah, no, you get it. Um, A a track I want to talk about is track three off the record, Two Sisters. there, there's. I know that. I know that. You know. You know. While you and your brother aren't the actual subjects of the song, uh, there are a lot of parallels there. Um, like one is introverted. The sisters. One is extroverted. Is it weird writing and releasing songs that speaks to a relationship with both a band member and not only just a band member but your brother? Actually, no. I think it helps because <laughs> it helps pad out the emotions of the piece. More, I think we tend to. Uh, the kinks are really throughout all its history. It's been a, a family-based setup. Not even the, the songs that don't directly resonate might resonate another time through, like Fable or or. You borrow, you borrow from everything. You borrow from the people you know, from the people you meet, and um, that's whole whole joy of creative work. Yeah, is the fact that you can plan this and plan that to do that, but you never really know what's going to happen to actually do it. Really, I don't think. Yeah, or the best stuff comes out of. A lot of those moments where you're not quite sure. Yeah. That's an interesting thing about modern music. But when you, and also you, when you're working with family, I mean, it's, you know, it's like I said, it's like, oh, I, up, I, 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 up and down. Yeah. I, lo- I love my sister to death. And, but when we have arguments, it can be like blowout arguments because we're family and we just, we know there's a basis of love underneath that. Um, you know, I don't know, and, and and excuse me for not knowing if there's like a history of it, but what like what like if would you would you say that the relationship you had with your brother while in the band and while working on it, I mean, was it was it smooth sailing or was it like Oasis? Well, <laughs> it was it was never smooth sailing. Yeah. When it was going good, it was great. Sure, but when it, you know when it was bad, it was pretty. <laughs> but the thing is, though, sometimes a lot of great feelings or ideas come out of time or problems. And um, I think a lot of them, I think generally the, the music really benefited by the turmoil. Yeah, you know, the emotions, yeah. Oh, yeah. Back on all. It's rock and roll, baby. Let me ask you this: like, was, like when you, if if you had to rate the scale of of turmoil in the making of this record between one and ten, where would you put it? Ten being uh, ten being fucking insane, one being you know rainbows and lollipops. Oh God, <laughs> difficult. I guess four and a half. 
Four and a half. That's pretty good. Man, that's madness. The madness. It's about four and a half. <laughs> yeah, you know, it fluctuates between exhilaration and, oh, man, am I my hand? But that <laughs> happens. That Unfortunately, that's a part of the creative process. Yeah. It's like you have to be a bit mad. Sure. You know, but you've got to be a bit sensible. If you can, <laughs> no, hundred percent. Was there any? Was what was what what track or on this record would you say caused the most amount of friction between the two of you? Uh, one of the tracks I do like is the track you mentioned. Which two, one? Two sisters. Two sisters. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I always have interesting feeling. It's like a true story, but isn't? It's like a fable. And so um, I really do like that track. But, you know, I'm very fond of my whole um, record. I love that record. It's great. It's so great. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina, and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music, and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie, and Wrightsville, and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Hey, gang, I want to pause and get serious with you guys for a second. I don't know if you've been paying attention to the news lately, but the world is a pretty crazy place right now. And if you think you're having a hard time wrapping your head around, think about how the kids in your life are dealing with it. Luckily, the 10 News from Next Chapter Podcast and Small But Mighty Media has their back. The 10 News helps kids understand current events in a way that isn't all doom and gloom. It's bite-sized episodes of news and information that go beyond the headlines and try to give kids context for issues going on in the world, along with jokes and trivia. New episodes come out the same day as the 500 with special updates on the hottest stories of the week every Tuesday. So if you live with little ones or know somebody who does, tell them to check out the 10. The latest episode is a Thanksgiving Day special full of food, science, and fun traditions. Listen to the 10 News wherever you get your podcasts or go to the10news.com to learn more. And now, back to the show. Uh, when you founded the Kinks, um, you know, was there like a musical goal that you had in mind or were you just a bunch of kids having fun? A job. <laughs> he just wanted money. No, no, it wasn't. I mean, I was so excited about the prospect of playing my guitar in front of the audience. Yeah. That was like a driving force. And like, no, it wasn't about money. Everything in the end becomes an issue about money. Sure, sure. But um, it was pure, useful exuberance, really, 
just to get out and play and meet people and enjoy. But you know, up, you know, it's up one turn it down. You got a part with all these shades of color on, on the way. It's not just one color. It's like a painting. Continue to be painted. Yeah. <laughs> but, did you? Did you? Did you? You know, like, did you have like this very deep interest in music as a kid? Like, you know, like what was it that that you and your brother shared from an early well, age to even consider being in a band together? We we grew up in a a big working class family. So I mean, six six sisters and extended family, I call them. It was a big family. Mm-hmm. And obviously there was a lot of music to, to, to draw from. Like everything from the, uh, being a kid. Everything was music in our house. From like the 30s to like my sisters liked the, the movies mm-hmm. and the Oklahoma and South Pacific, all those great musicals, was seeped into our consciousness as well, goals. Everything did mm. in the growing up. And um, Ryan, I were big fans of people like Rick Nelson and uh, The Ventures with Graham and Johnny and the Hurricanes. And uh, Johnny Cash was a big, big influence. But although he wasn't, he wasn't considered rock and roll, but I thought he was rock, rock, yeah. really rock and roll. He was mm. really at the heart of it. With Chuck Berry and with, with all these great, great um, players. But... Um, it was an interesting time, wonderful time. Yeah. Well, that was that like, you know, you and your brother are growing up in a house with, uh, you're the youngest of eight. Yeah. You're the youngest of eight. There's only two boys out of that. Well, yeah, we, you know, we um, loved music. It was like an instinctual thing. Yeah. You know, we talk about, it was that generation, but there was so much happening happening at that time in fashion, in, oh, yeah. in movies. Movies were starting to break out. And like the working class aspect of society really tried, was breaking through into the mainstream. Mm-hmm. So, look at you. Fit me. <laughs> and... <laughs> and uh, it was a, a very interesting time of all facets of art and music and clothes. Yeah. Clothing. Yeah. Incredible time. But you had mentioned, like, some of the people that you had mentioned um, that were influences on you, it's, I, I would never, you know, I, I mean, I can hear maybe, like, uh, like, a part of some of that in some of your music, but for the most part, like, experimental sound is like the hallmark of your music. You know, the band was very ahead of its time. Like, what really touched off your interest in making this new kind of sound and testing the limits of, like, you know, musical equipment and, and like, that kind of thing? 
Well, I, I think when I was young, I th- I was kind of very interested in science fiction. And oh. I think there's a, a point when science fiction does meet with the uh, music. Mm-hmm. And there was new science fiction always seemed it seems like it's about something new, which entirely new to it, if we never experienced it before. Now, music, and uh, I was a big fan of sci-fi, and um, but I thought it was all a part, it was all a part, part of that great time of ideas, new ideas. And I was always searching as a kid, searching for new ideas, whether it's a guitar or... Christy. Come on. Where are you? If, you're not, if this is all the listeners, if you, are, if you are just listening to this, there's been a cat that has walked through the frame for 80% of this. And to be honest with you, I need it more. I need more cat. <laughs> I want I more cat. You, you <laughs> might have, have it with you one or not. Yeah, dude. My, my dog Lekka. My dog Lekka will like poke her head out, like every once in a while. But she's <laughs> she can't get on the table. She's too big. Um, well, do you think that that experimental sound is kind of what helped you develop like your guitar? Like, you know, yeah. it, it's I, I, I gotta I gotta say this because you know you really went for it. You know on on this record like what what was the guitar process like like rhythm versus lead well i learned fairly early on playing in the band and because we had relatives that played and i had a, a brother-in-law that or have a brother-in-law mike that was kind of into jazz and playing Django Reinhardt and and big blue bronzer. So I used to pick up little jazz riffs and and uh, folk music. Of course, the music and just about one style of music or one genre. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was jazz influences and Batswala influences, Fast Domino. I mean, a host of these great music- musicians that were coming to the fore at that time. Talk about influences, like everything from, oh, you know, too many names to mention. Yeah, for sure. But obviously, obviously a lot of the 50s music was a big, big breakthrough. Yeah. Consciousness, really. And dance and movement and the whole everything that was going on, incredible. And musicians, well, and like the Everly Brothers. And yeah. Well, I, you know, goes I, on. I, I mean, I was just thinking about some of the people that you guys have influenced. I mean, so many different people have covered kink songs. Um, you know, I mean, you have Van Halen doing their version of You Really Got Me. What do you think of that? Like, what do you think of, of the Van Halen version? <laughs> it's funny, at the time, um, I thought, oh, I wasn't sure. But I heard it a few times. I really ended up really liking it. Yeah. I mean, that's the ultimate flattery, really, with a musician trying to copy or emulate 
stuff in town. So it was, it was lovely. I love that record. Well, I don't think it's as gritty and as honest as yeah. the original. Yeah, I but mean, but but also but also from this record, you have the Jam, a very British band, the Jam. Yeah. They they covered David Watts. What do you what do you like? Do you like that version? Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's um, it's more serious kind of folk on the song, but but the music. I love the jam. I used to take my young sons to jam concerts, sitting on my shoulders. Oh, that's awesome! I used to love it. Love it. What do you think about the young bands doing King songs? Like, what do you have any favorite versions? Any ones that really stick out to you? It's no, like, yeah, dude. I love it. I really love it. And this incredible version of of, uh, of King songs. I recently heard um, no, there's been some amazing covers of King songs. Yeah. Any ones that your particular favorites? Um, I'm trying to think where I put my notes. Uh, uh, Adam, do you do? Is there like a way, little website you could pull up with some of the some of the Kinks covers? Yeah, Adam's gonna pull that up. So let me see what else okay. we'll, before we he'll he'll pull it up. Don't worry. And then here, let's let's see what okay. I have next. All right, let's talk about the references to soldiers and soldiering. This is a little, it's a really, it's a skew, but I have so many good questions. Um, yeah, but it, it is relevant because it's, um, we made an album that Ray wrote uh, a theme or a script for a film called in 1968, 69, just before we went back to the States, just about the time of, um, well, the Vietnam thing was started breaking. That's when the whole mental shifting consciousness really. Yeah. For everybody. Yeah. yeah. And um, there was Ray wrote an album, one of my favorite King's albums called Arthur and the Decline of British Empire. And um, there's some very poignant and and moving um, uh, tracks on the album. There's yes, sir, really, no, sir. There, uh, yeah. if immediately followed by a, some mother's son, which has always been a, a favorite of mine. That's one of your favorites. What is yeah. so, so? Like where? Why? Like why? Why these songs? Why? Why? You know? Like what do the soldiers represent in these songs? Is it just flat out like military stuff, or is it you well, know? Was there deeper? Like, it's like. You know, you're picking up information you clean from your, your, your family and your, your mum and dad. Their reminiscences about the war, mm-hmm. you know, the Second World War, were still very much in the, in the air. You know, and for, so war would have been subject we were reminiscing about, but also we we had a brother-in-law who, who was desperate to move move my sister and their son to Australia. 
that was the time in the 60s when um, everybody wanted to go to Australia for some reason. And um, so my sister emigrated with Arthur. The land, the land opportunity was it. So it was a lot of change. And they uh, were reflected in a lot of the music, because which Ray wrote bulk of anyway. And, and there's this underlying thread, I think, with King's music that um, is very connected to a famine. Mm. And so when you write, you can only write about what you know about the people in, in it. And, but it's very connected to family and family history. And yeah. Touch. Yeah. Uh, I want to I want to talk a little bit about uh, Waterloo Sunset because it's it's classic. Um, I mean, yeah. we just pulled up. Adam just pulled up. I, I had no idea that Peter Townsend had called Waterloo Sunset divine and a masterpiece. And then you've had David yeah, Bowie. Yo, <laughs> no one, man, go ahead for it. It's, it's Christy the Cat's you know, favorite song. <laughs> no, she's gonna slip. <laughs> no, but really, to be honest, um, I'm a big fan of my brother's rising. Yeah. And, um, but you know, like any family member, sometimes we're quiet scream at each other but yeah. in the end it's still family and you're in it together so you got to shape up and get the work done you know it's not no. Did, did you ever have a moment, though? I know, because I, I want to talk about Waterloo Sunset, but you had just mentioned that. Did you ever have a moment that, did, was there ever a fight between you and your brother where you thought the band might be coming to an end? Yes, um, quite a few times. <laughs> and one was probably in the sort of near beginning, after about three or four years, I thought, oh, God, I can't do this for a job. <laughs> And then it became a, a profession, became a part of my real life. And, yeah. um, yeah, good fights. But I think all the, all the fights or disagreements or creative challenges mm -hmm. helped the music, I think. When you look back through all this music, it served to support music. Mm -hmm. No, not things into shape, right? Um, that's why disagreement and argument can be productive. Yeah. You know, so yeah. imagine making a film without a problem, a movie, with this yeah. writing guys and script writers or rewriting the scripts every day or. Yeah. You know, it's, the creative world is very fast. Mm -hmm. Feelings and and attitudes and unlikeness and all that. You know, it's, we're very lucky to be involved in such incredible area of investigation. <laughs> yeah, way. yeah. That's what it is. It's kind of like a trip, man. It's a it's an exploration. 
when sometimes we don't don't even know why what it is. Wait, are, you're, you're 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 aren't you into alien? You're, you're you're is that like? I think did Dave mention that to me? Am I wrong? Like you're you're into aliens might, or something? He might have done, but I have a lot of, lot of interest. Um, I've got a lot, lot of interest in alternate. You know, universes. Yeah. yeah, and as we mentioned earlier in the beginning, I stand there. I mean, I'm an old trick as Turkey as well. Ah, that's what it is. Yeah, so, dude. Final frontier, bro. Yeah, one spin, you know, you found it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. And I, th- I think William Shatter was a very underrated actor and performer. It was, it's, his performance and some others early. I know they seem hammy, but they're poignant and makes you think. Yeah. You know? I I got I got before because we we only got a few minutes left and I and I got it I got to start wrapping this up, dude. You rule, man. You, Dave, you are you are the. I was very nervous about doing this because, like I said, sometimes oh. you get sometimes you get sometimes you get like the rock star that's a little stuffy, and you just rule. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. You're awesome. Oh, so funny. thank you so much. All right. So like, cause I want, we got to talk about this and then I got to do my final questions. Yeah. Um, but so the last question is, cause I was talking about Waterloo sunset. Did you guys have any idea that you had a hit on your hands when you recorded Waterloo? I, I think you do. You have a sniff, sniff of it in the beginning when you, you know, when I'm working with Ray and I, you know, this could be something, but you're never sure. How do you know? Yeah. You're never sure. But, um, Mortal Sunset was a great piece of writing, above anything else. Yeah, it's beautiful. And uh, I'm a big fan of her. <laughs> I hate him sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, well, let's do some. Let's do some Patreon questions, and we'll get out of here. So we got we have people that pay. Uh, so basically, pay Adam's bill. Uh, to do that, I think I have no idea, but they uh, they write in some questions, so we put this up on the message board. And this is uh, from Eric. Of so, there's three Kinks albums on the 2012 list. Which ones uh, do we have them listed here, uh, mm. Adam? What are they? What are the three records? You have three records in the 500 greatest albums list. Isn't that fucking cool? That's fucking okay. Awesome. So uh, let's see here. The the Kinks are the Village Green Preservation Society and the Kink Chronicles were the other two albums to come in on the list. All right, did you get that? Oh. Did you get that, Dave? All right. So yeah. do you do you feel those three albums represents the Kings' contributions to music properly? Not really. No, I think what came after formed the bulk of the what Kinksness is is. Well, Kings music is because in the eighties we had one of our most successful times in America with albums like um, "Give the People What They Want" and uh, 
we're always the touring bands. Yeah. And after that shaky few years back in America, we put up quite a following and did many tours stateside. So it's, no, I think, I think that although I love those albums you mentioned, I think there's a big history to come of of the Kings, yeah. Yeah. Well, do you think? All right. So this is his follow up question: Is is this record something else? A good introduction for someone who wasn't familiar with the Kinks' music, or would you recommend something like Village Green Preservation Society or another? So if you were somebody who was like, "I've never heard of the Kinks," and you were like, "This is the, the this is your this is your 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 introduction," what would you recommend? Oh well, I think the thing about the Kinks. I think important to know if you don't know us anyone is the fact that it's very diverse. Yeah, it, it's you play one record and it's it sounds like it's a different band. I mean, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Because their influences are so broad from growing up in London and the touring. I mean, a, a lot of music. Uh, over many years, a lot of influences. So it's hard, really hard to pigeonhole the kinks, I think. I think it's what's exciting about the For band. sure. Oh, dude, I, I, you know, when I listen to this record and I've, and with all the other songs that I would say are your like, you know, like top on Spotify, like the most played. It's insane. This is not what I was expecting. You know, when you really like, cause I said, dude, I Lola is like one of my favorite songs ever. I love that song so much. I don't know. It's, it's like, but that's, that sounds nothing like your music. What I really. So nothing like Arthur. Nothing. And what came, came after it. I gotta ask you. I got to ask you this because Mark Marin is going to bust my chops. Uh, it's like, uh, do you guys love Lola? Or are you guys like, yeah, fuck that song. Like, do you love it or? There used to be a time when I'd say, oh, not again. But now it's such <laughs> a part of my life and the kinks history. Yeah. You know, I embrace it full on. I'm oh, like, thank you. Thank you. Hey, fuck you, Mark Marin. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. Last question from the Patreon, and then we'll do our rapid fires. Um, this is from Maddie. And this is, we've already kind of talked to this, but I think you can sum this all up right now. Who won more of their fights, you or your brother Ray? Uh, that's funny. I, I don't really know. I like to think the moment evens. Even Steven? Yeah. Dig it. Yeah. Dig it, dude. But he's crafty. He's crafty. <laughs> dude, you rule, Dave. You rule. Oh, I love you. All right. Let's, I'm going to ask you these final questions. These are the, I asked these to everybody, and I'm not going to change them now. I didn't ask him for a tall, but I, we couldn't. That was a, that was a saddie episode. So we had to, we had oh. to skadoodle on that. All right. But you, I'm very excited. So being that this is your record, okay? And I'm going to phrase these a little bit differently. Uh, the first song is what song on this record are you most proud of? Like, what is your favorite song on something else by the kinks? Uh, 
if I can remember them. David Watts, Death of a Clown, Two Sisters, No Return, Harry Rag, Tin Soldier Man, Situation Vacant. By the way, all great names. They're so so different. These songs are so different. Love Me Till the Sun Shines, Lazy Old Sun, Afternoon Tea, Funny Face, End of the Season, and Waterloo Sunset. Wow. A lot of stuff. (laughs) Now I think... Now, obviously, I have to favor a song called Funny Face because it's a song about a relationship, indirectly about a a woman, a girl I was in love with at the time. And um, was that Lisbeth? Was that Lisbeth? I, I... well, no, it would have been like school days. Yeah, wow. From school days, and um. So I'm very fond of that, but all oh, the titles, I've got memories that relate back to someone in talk. Harry Rags a funny track. Harry Rags great. Like. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's obviously, they're all great. They're all great. All right, all right, well, here, let's do th- All right, so because you can't really come to a conclusion on that one, here's here's a different thing. What about on this record? Is there anything that you're just like, eh, like not this song again? Like, you know, anything you skip I used, over? I was saying earlier, Josh, that um, at one time I used to think like that about certain songs. But I think as you grow up and get into your music more, yeah, you realise how interesting all these different songs are and how important they are to each other. Yeah. It's like an art. I don't want to be pretentious. No, I get it. I get it. I get it. It's like an art gallery. No, it's, it's, and sometimes you need to sit with it and you can't just look at it once. You have to like sit and really absorb it. Absolutely. Sorry. So this, I'm asking you this question. I ask it to everybody. Uh, Adam, (laughs) this is the clip. All right. This is a, this is a, this is a a two part question. One, it's a little dirty, but you seem cool with this kind of stuff. It, can you, (laughs) can you fuck to this record? And if you had to have sex to this record, what song would you put on your sex playlist? So can you oh, have right. sex to this album? I think you can have sex with <laughs> 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 If you want. But I think, you know, the first... I think you really got me. And the first record is yeah. definitely... It's like a bad guy who wants a girl and he wants to be with her. Yeah. It's like a whole essence of being, of being growing young. up, being a man, and find out what the hell's going on. Yeah. And that's part of all that. Don't say you really got me. I love it. What are I, we doing here? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, last question, if you can. I, this is this is your elevator pitch to get somebody to listen to something else by the Kinks. If you were in an elevator, you had you had thirty seconds with somebody, not even that much time. What would you say to somebody to get them to listen to something else by the Kinks? Well, after oh hi, uh, <laughs> all right, Rebecca. Thank yeah, you. I'm trying to get a photo for your Instagram. Okay. Hi, yeah, Rebecca. Josh, <laughs> Rebecca. Hi. I'm just taking a candid photo. Okay. No, you're good. Oh, you can come in at the right time. Yeah, <laughs> you should have a look at the Instagram. There's a lot of fun stuff on there. Oh, okay. dude, you Can I just talk to you? 
Hi. Bye. Okay, I'll, I'll disappear. All right. What were you saying? What were you saying? You, you got to get somebody to elevator pitch. What are you going to get somebody to say? To li- what do you say to somebody to get them to listen to this record? Well, off, off to the first hour of me being in a panic because I can't stand confined spaces on an elevator, right? Yeah. <laughs> You're freaking out. I don't know. I do- oh, God. It's definitely like a, a musical mash something. You know, sometimes when you say you panic, you, you kind of want to have a mash of music. Yeah. I don't know. I, just, I think there's got to be, I think all day and all of the night is the, the most freeing song, track, piece of vinyl, case track that's, they're stimulating on many levels. Yeah, yeah. No, this was great. That was great. That was perfect. Um, please promote away. What do you have coming up? Tell the audience where they can oh. find you, and just and just you get you know. I know if you have any, if you're on the road or what's going on. Just this so everybody can can reach out. We we have we have Kinks have re-released albums out this week, and. And leading up through Christmas and next year is going to be a big year for re-releases and um, so it's a, a very um, happening time for the Kings. So um, a, a movie, we're making a movie, nice. uh, a real film, a, what I call a real movie, <laughs> and uh, and a biopic and. So not happening. So, but so everybody, be on the lookout. It's gonna next year, twenty twenty three, gonna be a big year for the Kinks. And if you've never listened uh, to, if this is the first time you've listened to the Kinks, go back, listen to the stuff before this, listen to the stuff after this. Uh, but just support you, uh, Dave. I can't thank you enough, man. You really oh, made this very easy for me. You're a great guy. Thank you for being so cool. And whatever that is that you have, never lose that. Because you are awesome. Thank you so much for taking time out to speak with us today. Thank you, Josh. Great to meet you, man. Great to meet you, too. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully, listen, maybe we'll see each other. Like, if you guys play New York or New Jersey or something, I would love to come oh, out to LA. see you. Or L.A. Well, I'll, yeah, I'm, I'm in L.A. only, like, once a month for, like, a couple days. But I'll make sure I pay attention to where you are, and then I will hit you up keep so we can so yeah, we can keep... meet. Cool? Be cool, man. You too, man. Give Christy my love. Yeah. <laughs> Give the guy my love. Thank you, guys. Okay, cheers, man. Cheers, buddy. Uh, the one and only Dave Davies. On all social media, follow him at Dave Davies Kinks. Go to his website, davedavies.com. Cool. All right, for new music, we have listeners submitted by the good people at Flagless Records in Montreal. It's Canadian singer-songwriter EJ Palermo. You're listening to the song Lyra Deer off his 2021 EP, Lyra Deer, Look Outside. And you can find links to the music on our website, the500podcast.com. And if you send us your song, we will play it. Send it to 500podcast at gmail.com. I don't give a shit. It's you farting into a microphone. We will play it. Hopefully I did a good job on this episode. Uh, You know, let me know. Support the show, guys. It doesn't. It's gonna go away if you don't. Next week, 
Grateful Dead, Anthem of the Sun. It's a katoogle. Uh, dig it. Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, this is Chris Swinney, formerly of the Ataris and currently host of That One Time on Tour, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Have you ever wondered what it's really like on the road? The highs can be euphoric, but the lows can be crushing. Join me every week as I chat with industry pros about what it's like living out their wildest dream and in some cases, their worst nightmare. Past guests of the show include members of NoFX, Pennywise, Bad Religion, and more. Listen and subscribe at soundtalentmedia.com. Next Chapter Podcasts.